if a guy who looked like that asked me why I was reading Dorian Gray, who knows? Oh, my pants would be off so quick. everybody welcome to another episode of i finally watched this is david and this is alon and today we finally watched 500 days of summer again uh so this month um i came up with an idea that as a gift to ourselves because it's the the christmas slash holiday season that we could just do whatever movies we wanted because um there are i don't know i think i've asked alon maybe like seven times if he's seen the perks of being a wallflower and Inside Man, which are two that we're going to do later. And I know that you've asked me at least a few times about 500 Days of Summer. Um, and so here we are. Here we are. And yeah, I mean, it's not like we're going to fill this entire month up with movies that um, both of us have seen and um, with movies that we, you know, hold close to our hearts. But um, we're, we're going to have at least one of our traditional Christmas movie, but not a Christmas movie movie. Um, but yeah, you know, I think uh, splitting this month with movies that are your favorites that both of us have seen and that are my favorites that both of us have seen, starting with 500 Days of Summer. Uh, how uh, how did you see this movie? Like the first time? Yeah. No, this time. Like, choose oh, VPN? Yes, the first time. <laughs> both are legitimate questions. I so happen to have this movie on DVD. Um, so I... I watched it that Beatles. way. Um, but the first time I watched this, I think it was just on pay-per-view. I was in high school and I was just uh, broken up with and I watched it and it it helped me get over my heartbreak. And 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 after that, it actually became one of my all time favorite movies. Um, because I considered it much like Swingers, like uh, an emotional healing movie for teenage men who've been heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, so, and I don't know if I've talked about this before. I know I've told you this before, but um, I saw this with Zach, who you've met in a double feature, this and Hurt Locker. And a double feature where you where you only pay for one. And it's probably like one of the for a while it was clearly the best like double feature I've, I've ever gone to. And then this last year, um, I'm older now, so this last year I did a double feature where I paid for both movies and I saw uh, Licorice Pizza and the Worst Person in the World. Um, another double feature I did one time was 127 hours and then my blue Valentine and talk about a double feature that makes you want to blow your head clean off your shoulders. Like that's <laughs> not something I'd recommend. Um, I, I really loved this movie too. And I think it definitely has a hopeful, a hopeful feel to the end of it. I will say that like, you know, you and I are both like happily married now but watching it again, I watched this like a few months back and it like brings up like a lot of like memories of like, <laughs> like I think a <laughs> lot of guys go through something similar that Joseph Gordon-Levitt does here where you're like, 
you like someone that like either doesn't like see you that way or just doesn't want to commit or whatever or just like you play the 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 games that you have to when you're dating and it's just like the most frustrating thing in the world for for men and women and so like seeing it i'm just like oh like it yeah. almost like takes you back and you're just like no thank you um but it's still like such a great movie and i think like i narrowed it down to like three things that i really like love about it that i think sets it apart because it's it's just a very normal it's like the opposite of a rom-com it's like a an anti-rom-com because they don't end up together but right. i think the narration is really cool in the beginning and then it's used a couple times throughout um and then obviously using the days right like marking each day and showing like when stuff happened i think is a really cool device that works really well but then also it's like the out of order nature of it right like showing you know you'll have a scene where like things are going great and he's like they're having like a really cute date at ikea and then they're showing like a really horrible like when they go to ikea again and like things aren't working out anymore um and i and i also think too like your perception of the summer character and your perception of the joseph gordon levitt character like really changes from when you watch it as a teen or 20 something to now and so just like he's cringe <laughs> as hell <laughs> Yeah, I, he's not a good guy. And it's actually funny that you say that. So let me ask you a question, because for me, I feel like he's I a Reddit a, good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's an R dash good guy. Um, nice guy is what we would call it. Right, right. Um, the the thing that I found interesting and, and and as we go through the movie, we'll we'll point out specifics. But this movie, uh, some dialogue did not age well at all, just of our current mm -hmm. um like sensitivity in our society, but more so than that, it didn't age well for me. I'm pretty sure last time I watched this movie was about 10 years ago. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a much different person than I was uh, apart from being married and being in a happy relationship. It, it's, it's funny how kind of up on the pedestal you put uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, um, when you are sympathizing with him, right? When you're like at that, at that emotional state, but now that um, we're not, and we're rewatching it, it, it's really blatant that he, he's kind of like the equivalent of like a pick me girl, but you know, he's a guy, right? Um, so it's just like you said cringe but it's more than that it's just he's like not a good guy there's a scene where he goes on like a blind date um with i think the girl's name is allison and she sums it up like perfectly like like perfectly um and so the movie calls out uh on on that he's not a good guy but i think for us to feel better about it the movie does give him a somewhat hopeful happy ending but I, I, well, I don't think I don't think it's making like a judgment overall that he's not a good person. I think he's like, I don't know. We can talk about it as we go through it. I think he's like a selfish person. And he there's also like if you if you record the way people talk, if you, if we were recorded the way we talked about things like 10 years ago and the way we talked about girls. And if you recorded someone, you know, a woman talking about guys 
you know, their private conversations. I think we all kind of sound like not good people sometimes, you know? I don't actually have a problem with the dialogue as far as like showcasing what guys talk about when they get together and, and, and not on a platform. Right. I mean, it's not perfect, but no one's perfect. Right. So, and I, and I feel like pretty much back in, when was this movie made? Like 2010, nine, eight. Oh, nine is when it came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, we all talk like that. Like you said, um, let's just let's just get into it and i think it's it's pretty interesting i knew what this was about and if you read the imdb like synopsis after being dumped by the girl he believes to be a soulmate hopeless romantic tom reflects on their relationship to try and figure out where things went wrong and can he win her back right and so the movie opens on day 488 and they're sitting on a bench smiling and you're like oh that's interesting like and if you didn't know what this movie was you're like oh okay so this is like a romantic comedy and she had a ring on well i didn't even i don't even know if i noticed that part i but i because i knew i knew how the movie ended right um but this is like this is where they have this final talk and they break up and um and then it goes straight to day one so it, it sort of starts as like at the end and then a flashback, but really that first part is just to throw you off. Um, and it starts at day one and there's a lot of narration and of the things that like that aged poorly. And this isn't like a, a slight at the movie. It's just like, you know, society changes, but the movie starts out with narration. There are two types of people. There are men and there are women. I was like, Oh man, <laughs> man, what, what 13 years. Changes. <laughs> um, the the other thing too is that this movie actually really really starts with a disclosure, uh, a, a disclaimer that states right. that um, all the all the characters represented in this film are fictitious and and do not actually represent an actual um, real person. And then after that fades away, it goes except for you, Shelley Blakinson, you bitch. And I was like, oh, that's not her name. I don't know. I make it up, but. Um, Jenna Beckman, yeah. whatever Jenna Beckman, and then it says, "bitch," which makes me think if this is like a like an autobiographical um, movie. Yeah, I know I butchered that. Um, but if that if this was that, then did Tom really learn anything in the end? Well, I think that so it is. It's based on um, a relationship that the uh that the guy who wrote the movie or one of the writers on the movie had with jenna beckman that that's like the real girl's name and he said that about like 75 percent of what goes on in the movie is like what happened in the relationship and i think in order for him to put that to put her actual name in there he had to be on good terms with her and i think calling her a bitch has to be like a tongue-in-cheek thing of and him kind of realizing like you know, it's like him making fun of the way he felt about her. So, like, one, they have to be on good terms. And two, like, that has to be, like, a knowing joke that he's making. So, yeah, I think he has grown from this. And it is really to put himself out there as, like, because it doesn't paint a flattering picture of himself, Joseph Gordon-Levitt character, right? So right. to kind of show, like, hey, this is what I went through. This is, like, you know, I think you in order to do that, you have to have grown from that moment. You know what I mean? Cause you're not going to, if you're still an asshole, you're not going to 
show yourself as being an asshole if you haven't changed. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I, I see your point. Um, so starts off like that, right? And then it does the little flashback and forth thing. And now we're like, day one, he sees her in the office. And then what does it go to? Like day 300 something and he's breaking plates. Well, it's so it goes, it's day one, and um, the narration even says, like, just know up front this is not a love story, which I think is is smart because you don't want to like, depress all your people, you know, all the people watching this. Um, and, and one thing I noted too, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, I think how you feel about this movie, and I just want to say this more succinctly, like, it probably has a lot to do with like where you are in your love life. So, like, how you see this movie. And you even said, you know, it's 10 years later, like you see it a lot differently than you did then. But not only like how old you are, but like, are you in a, like a happy relationship? Or are you like, have right. you felt jilted? Like, you know what I mean? And, but even going through it, I think you can see J- the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character differently than we maybe did back in 09. But also there are still some things that I think the summer character does that aren't like great, but also she's like, she's a messy person the same way he is. Right. Like it's, it's, you know what I mean? She doesn't have to just do things just to, based on how he feels because well, uh, every, you know, everyone's complex, right? Like, you know, in, in the real world outside of, of a movie, people are complex and we don't know what's going on in their heads or, you know, I, one thing I really like about this film is that it shows like she's she she's in a good headspace. She heard him listening to the Smiths and she wanted to comment on it. And then later on, you can see something is troubling her and he's playing the Smiths like loudly on his computer, hoping that she's going to like like hear it and, and approach him about it or something. And she just like walks away and and, and is in his head he is like, oh, what a bitch. She just completely ignored me. But like, you can clearly tell something is going on outside of, you know, the world doesn't exactly revolve around Tom. And so it's like more complex than one note characters that we're kind of used to seeing in films. Well, and that that whole thing right there, I want to talk about in a second, because that's like a whole like, oh, you know, I'm going to show her my interest and then I need her to do all the work, which is also a thing that guys do, right? It's a thing that that girls do too. Like no one wants to put themselves out there, especially like at a, you know, teenagers, 20-somethings. But what what the movie does really well is this is a movie from Tom's point of view, but I think it still gives a well-rounded portrayal of the summer character, especially like at the end where you don't just think like this or that about her. Like you get a pretty good picture of her. Um, And so the movie starts at day one, then it goes to day 290 and you get um, the Chloe Grace Moretz character, which is the first thing I've ever seen her in. Probably the first thing she did, but I don't know. It was either that or or kick ass, but she's so she's so great, in, and she's like honestly the most level headed character in the whole movie. Yeah, and just having this what nine or ten year old who's a, a full like grown adult, right? Like who's like the go to therapist for her older, you know, twenty five year old brother or whatever, thirty year old brother is is really funny. Um, 
And then also you have, you know, your celebrity nemesis in, was it Greg Goobler? Matthew Greg Goobler. Yeah, you only call him my celebrity nemesis because my wife might leave me for him if given the opportunity. <laughs> if anyone wants to know what you look like, just, it's this guy. Um, and also, I really love uh, Jeffrey... Arend, who plays Mackenzie, which I didn't know his name in this, so I'm just going to refer to him as the friend most of the time. Um, yeah. He's hilarious in this. Uh, yeah, and they're all good. just trying to make him feel better. And, you know, we also get, so we get at this day 290, we get him explaining like things are over. And then we get a flashback to earlier in the day on 290 when they're eating pancakes. And she's like, you know, this isn't going well. And he's like, what are you talking about? I thought things were going great. And she's like, you can't mean that. We've been fighting for forever. Like Sid Vicious and Nancy. (laughs) You think I'm Sid Vicious? No, I'm Sid Vicious. But there's this line right at the end where she's like, as he's walking away, she's like, you're still my best friend. It's like, get the fuck out of here. And that's like kind of the main, the main issue with, summer i think in this that like the quality that's not the greatest from her is not that she's like unsure what she wants from joseph gordon love because in the end she admits that she's like listen you know i try to make it work with you and at a certain point she sort of gives in to him like wanting a label on it but then at the end when you're breaking up with him to act like oh this wasn't a relationship from the beginning it's like that's where you are kind of like go fuck yourself like <laughs> you were you were you two were dating like that's what it was so just don't act like that's not what you're doing you you are breaking up with him this isn't like oh we're just friends who are no longer going to have sex you know what i mean right right and that that comes up in the movie too but yeah no i agree with you um and then i mean i think we've all been there right we've all been in that relationship where they're like oh we can still be friends or us like as the as the ones who are being broken up with we're like but we can still be friends right but of course that's not our mo like that's we have alter (laughs) uh alternative motives um for that um like there's a there's a part in the movie and I'm, I'm jumping around just a bit, but that's my job. So um, does the movie. <laughs> there's a there's a part in the movie where he, I guess he sends an email and then he finally like receives one back and he tells Mackenzie he's like, oh, I got it here it is and he opens it and she's like, yeah, I can't have coffee this week, but maybe another week. I hope this means that that you're ready to be friends. And I'm like, dude, dude is not ready to be friends. Let me tell you that. Honestly, it's not good. In that situation, he should never be friends with her. Like, I don't no, think he'd ever 100%. really go back. A hundred percent. Years from now, right when he's found the person that is actually his soulmate, you can be friends with that person. But like, right away, like that's not. It's not going to be healthy for him because that's never. It's never what he wanted. To be fair, to be completely fair, is that, and I, and I agree with you. But for the other person to even like play with the possibility that that person could still be your friend so close after the breakup, like you're you're just kidding yourself too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's it's honest. <laughs> I forget what movie or TV show it is where the, the girl was like, "Oh, we could still be friends." She's like, 
and I think the guy's like, I don't, you know, oh, I don't, why would I want to be friends? She's like, well, I don't want to be friends with you. I don't actually want to be friends with you. That's just the thing you say to like, as you end things, like we're not going to actually be friends. It's just like, <laughs> it's just being nice. Well, that's the thing. Like, oh, we're going to still be friends, right? Is like a thing that the person who's breaking up with the person says right. to like, be passive about the thing and like to bring down the emotions. But then that the, the, the one that's being broken up with says it to maybe there's a chance in the future that if we hang out more often enough, then, then we can like be together again. Right. It's oh, like that. Oh. Yeah. This is like a therapy session. We're married guys. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> We're working so, through some stuff, you know? So we now, it, what's funny is the movie does go back and forth, but it actually is a little bit more linear than I like kind of remember, you know what I mean? Like, I agree. I agree. So it, it goes to, it, there's like, there's some major points in this and it's like day 290 is a major point. And then basically it's like the beginning. And so we we're now on day one. Um, you know, they, he, he's kind of looking at summer and he's, he's immediately interested in her. And then it skips to day three and Mackenzie's like, I heard she's a bitch. Uh, what's his name? Tried to talk to her, and she just totally wasn't having it. And this is like where you get like a little hint of like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's a, a nice guy, right? Because he's like, "Oh, why do pretty girls think they can get away with stuff like that?" It's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, he's he's starting to move into that incel territory. That's not very flattering. Um, yeah, man, and and you know, it's like they know nothing about her at this point. Like none of them has spoken a fucking word. It's her like second day on the job. And they're just like giving her the hardest time. Yeah. Or, and so, like not even giving her the hardest time, but like giving her the hardest time between each other. Yeah. <laughs> so then, but then all it takes is a day later. She's like, here's him listen to something. And she's like, I love the Smiths. And he's like, Oh shit. Really? Like, Oh no, I'm yeah. back in. Like she's hooked me again. Um, yeah. Say what you want, though, this like, like, take all of the rom-coms like the You've Got Males and the Sleepless in Seattle's and like, yeah, they're feel good and they're fun to watch or whatever. And but they're like, you know, there's like, oh, they're so unrealistic. This is the most realistic take on a relationship that I have ever seen put to film as far as like still keeping it light, but like really, really and i can't speak for women but at least i know for me i can get infatuated with a girl for just saying that she likes the same kind of music i like like that is totally true to like i've been there you know so yeah no yeah and there's no rhyme or reason to what like will might like make you like someone too in the beginning no nope. um yeah and then it's funny so a couple of days later they're at a party and um we get this whole thing about like him saying he was going to be an architect but she's doing this and it is funny towards the end you see all these signs where it's like the thing she seems to not be so sure about him is his like lack of ambition and the fact that he settled for this card writing job is like the thing she seems to like the least about him it's kind of funny cuz i was like going to pay i was paying attention to the movie on when um she started kind of being not interested in him. That That's not the right kind of saying, but you, you like kind of just start seeing where the cracks are forming right, right, right in the relationship. If it's 500 days of summer, which I don't think is fair because they've kind of already ended it around like day 380 or something like that. But if you want to like really, really like look at where their relationship ended, it was like right at the halfway point, like 259 or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's like she starts to lose interest, I think, around the time he 
fights the guy. Is it, that's exactly it. Yeah. So that's two fifty nine, and then she breaks up with him at two ninety. Guys, we are really into the days. Just to let you know that that is like the way we're <laughs> going to talk about this movie, because there's also some funny math with like how quickly she moves on to. That's like really like you're allowed to do what you want, but it's it's frustrating. <laughs> it's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's frustrating. Life is frustrating. And so it's a day eight. Uh, the, the, one of, there's so many funny lines, but I love when uh, on day eight, she's like, yeah, they called me perfectly adequate Hanson. And she's like, they called me anal girl. And he spits out his drink and she yeah. looks at him and she's like, because I'm really neat and organized. <laughs> yeah, that's such a fucking good. Job. And she that's also a thing where. Because later on, she's like, "I'm." Uh, there's a funny line where she's like, "Oh, I'm stalking. I mean, starving." So she knew what she was doing with the anal girl line too. It like wasn't an accident. No, of course not. Um, and so we we're moving on along. There is like this little. <laughs> the, I'm sorry though. The way you have it written in the notes is like it, it. I'm listening. I'm like reading it, but I'm hearing it in my head as like they call me anal girl. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, and there's this little cutaway to like day 154 where he's just listing all the things he loves about her. And it's such a like, it's such a thing that people do too when you're in the loving phase, like all the stuff you love about them. It, what, what is funny about this movie is it focuses so little on the happy times for them because right. like they're kind of together. She, she makes out with him on day like, 31 i guess right and they're together happily to like maybe like day 260 so that's like what 250 that's like what eight six eight months of like happiness yeah i mean i i the shortest relationship i've ever been in is three months then i've been in a relationship of two years and now i'm in a relationship of you know closing in on 10 and so, but I could, I could Is see this like, gonna an, last or? <laughs> I could, <laughs> I could see like an average relationship going on for maybe like six to eight months. Like, I, I feel like that's an average American relationship. But what's funny though, is like in, in the way she describes this isn't a relationship. This is just a very close friendship of like <laughs> six to eight months. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've had some of those close friendships too. Um, yeah. I'll, the other thing I wanted to say is that the part where he's like, oh, I love Summer. I love her her teeth and the way she licks her lips before she talks and the little heart-shaped mole on her neck and you know, all this stuff like that. This movie is really good at mirroring uh, itself with like scenes from like uh, the good scene from the Ikea store and yep. then the bad scene from the Ikea store. And I think that's what you're talking about. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that's what you're talking about when you say that this movie is more linear than you remember. Because it mirrors itself so well, it it um yes, it does jump around, but it keeps you focused more on like location and like happenstance than like days. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, too. And so like, but also it it's there's no like it's the movie's symmetrical. But mm-hmm. then the way it's structured is not. So like in a little bit, we're going to have their first date at Ikea. But right before that, it shows like the bad date at Ikea. 
And then it just showed in the beginning of the movie, like when he's day 154 and all the lovingness. And then towards the end of the movie, it shows like him listing off the things he hates about her. But that's like way chronologically later in the movie. And so there's like, it's really, the movie is just structured in a very unique way that I think like keeps you engaged. And it's just, it's like, it's just different. And what's really interesting is this was, you know, this the director of this, this is his directorial debut. He'd done music videos before this, but then he comes out with this, which is like so stylized and such an interesting movie. And he did the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I saw the first one. I never saw the second one, but I really liked the first one. And then after that, not a lot, you know, some TV, but nothing crazy. And so it's just to start out so hot with this. And then, you know, you get the Spider-Man movies, which I think the first one is at least good. It's just interesting that he hasn't kind of like done anything. He's also, he does the Spider-Man movies. His name is Mark Webb. It's kind of uh-huh. funny. I know. But it just like this movie is so inventive in the way it tells the story. And it's like, it's, I don't know why this guy hasn't been doing more since then, you know, just the way that works. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, the Spider-Man two bombed pretty hard, I think. Um, although it had to have made a lot of money cause it's a fucking superhero movie. Um, so I don't know, but, um, what's interesting is that, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting story to tell. Number one, number two, it's like, um, repositioned and edited, uh, in a very interesting way that not really, you know, many movies could get away with doing that and, and working out well. Number three, it has these weird scenes, right? Like it's a pretty like, here's a movie about a boy, about a girl, and this is their love life. That's not so much, right? But then it's like, there's like a whole musical number in the middle of this movie. And there's like this whole dream sequence where he imagines his life as a tragic French film. And then there's that uh, scene towards the end where it's like his expectations versus his reality. So you have these like really interesting ways of like, communicating and visually like showing you his emotions and his headspace and where he's at right now. Um, but they're like just a few scenes It's that, that tonally doesn't really go with the rest of the movie, but it still works, you know? Yeah. There's even that scene in the middle, which the, the studio didn't want, but of like a documentary about love where they talk to like his two of his friends. Right. Oh yeah. And, that and was... his boss, agent yeah, Colson. And that was even supposed to be longer with like interviews with other people. But yeah, I actually like really liked all of those touches too. Um, Mm -hmm. Each one of them, I think is just like, you're like, oh, this is so cool. And then, yeah, the dance number in the middle um, is really great. So we're back to, we're day 11, like through like 22, basically. I like, it's such a, it's such a teen 20 something thing. Like this movie, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays such a character that we all know, but (laughs) <laughs> Going back and forth of like, oh, she really likes me. And then she's like, I asked her how her weekend was. She said it's good. So she's clearly she was just fucking dudes all weekend. I love his friends. And it's just like, you know, like, obviously, uh, Matthew Greg Ubler, uh, who plays Paul, he he's very kind of like level headed. He's been in a relationship forever. And, you know, he's he's kind of like and he's sarcastic, right? In like the perfect way. He's like uh well did she say hey instead of hi because that means she's a lesbian and (laughs) and like that's a another great uh quote from the from the movie but then mckenzie is like that super super immature friend that always is like um he doesn't know how to like he can't empathize with you with like handling a relationship so he goes like this 
the super like nice guy route. Um, so their dynamic and and Joseph Gordon Love uh, Lovett's kind of like in between that a bit, I guess. Um, but their dynamic is is great, especially in that scene that you're talking about, the eleven through twenty two, where she's where he's like, yeah, I keep I keep giving her chances playing the music and stuff like that. And he says, but she's not, she doesn't, you know, and then he goes to like his little sister, uh, Chloe. And he, and she's like, you, you know, you could just ask her out and stop being such a pussy. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, and so the next thing we get with the karaoke, I think is really great. And uh, like Mackenzie is, his friend is like, is, is an interesting character. You, you know, you just said like how Joseph Gordon-Levitt is kind of in between them. Cause he is like very much a, like a, a women kind of suck. You know what I mean? Like guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially when the documentary later, when he's like, you know, I'm just wanting for cute and willing, you know, and, and the cute is like negotiable. <laughs> She's yeah. like, oh, that's sad. Real yeah. Sad. Um, but the, the karaoke scenes are cool because it's like, you get this dialogue between Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, um and summer uh zoe deschanel with the where he's like a hopeless romantic and she's like oh my parents got divorced so i don't believe in love like yeah it's, and, it's and he's like yeah mine too like his parents also got divorced but he still believes in love and i don't know if you caught it at the beginning where he's like he believes in like true love because of a misrepresentation of the movie the graduate and then you only like to see to see them watching the graduate in theaters and she's bawling and he's like having none of it it's so interesting because she's bawling because she gets it right i don't know if you've ever seen the have you ever seen the graduate i haven't and i was like that is that is a blind spot for me and i would probably misinterpret it too maybe uh a little bit so basically can i give you like a like a no no you can't ruin you can't ruin the graduate for me even though i know how it ends (laughs) well let me let me tell you what what it just means without ruining it for you okay so they're sitting there in the back of the bus and they've you know she's in a wedding dress and and he's happy and they were both like laughing and happy and then they both had these like really somber looks on their faces because like really reality set in because they just got off the high of like oh this is love and we're doing all these things because of love and then when they have like a moment to themselves and they really sit down and just think about it for a second um they realize like oh shit what have we really got ourselves into and like it's sad it's not supposed to be happy like on the on the surface area it is supposed to be like oh happy they finally did it right They finally conquered love or whatever, but she's crying about it. Like she gets it. She's like, this is a tragedy, which it is. But he is like bewildered on why she's crying about it because he's like, oh, they conquered love. They did it because he's so like a surface level romantic, you know? Well, and also she's like the the realization in the graduate because I, you know, they show the ending scene and like the acting's well like done well enough that i could get it even from watching 30 seconds right but, like the realization of like oh shit that those two are now like they're kind of stuck together because they've made this decision to end her the wedding she was in and now they're together and she's like am i am i stuck with you know joseph gordon levitt are we like you know i need to get out of this is this the right decision right and is it the right decision at the end of the graduate that they've just made is this the right decision to be with him because she admits later on like the one thing i was never sure about with you like are, were you the one was i going to end up with you really if you'd been an architect maybe i would have because i really yeah, like that and, bench and 
<laughs> and <laughs> you know what though? I mean, throw in a love triangle between her and Zoe Deschanel's mom with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't know. You got something different there. So who knows? And, and you know what's funny is once when Mackenzie's singing, I'm proud to be an American. And then right after that, them putting him in the cab. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, he likes you. And just Gordon loves, all right, get in the cab. You know what's funny? It's like, he's like, oh, why'd you do that? But you wanted him to do that. Like you oh, like. A hundred percent. Like everyone so wants happy. that push. Yeah. Except you're so happy he did it. But then you're like, well, no, I, I like you. As a, yeah, as a friend, yeah, like whatever. Yeah, he he it. plays it. He plays it too cool, and and she she knows though. Like it's not even funny. Yeah, it, it it's he he's too much. He's basically what it says to say. He's too much of a pussy. Yeah. Um, and so then you know the next day, like the next Monday at work, uh, day thirty one, they're at the copier, and then she just makes out with him, right? And then right. It's, it's like she she does these things where she's like, Oh, you know, I just, you're, you're a really interesting guy. I want to be friends with you. And then it's like, but you don't passionately make out with your friend at the copier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. First of all, very hot makeout scene. I'll tell you that right now. Very, very good. Uh, second of all, yeah, her whole thing, like, don't label it as friends, right? I think she's going about it the wrong way. Like, you can label something as, like, casual sex, friends with benefits. But, like, if you label it as, like, well, we're just friends who passionately make out and have sex in the shower. I mean, he said it the best, right? Because I I think there's an in-between there that both parties have to agree that they're good at, you know, that they're that they're at that level in their relationship. But her going about, like, hard calling it friendship is like i don't know i don't agree with her on that so um we then get we get uh goobler coming over and he's like oh so you're you know this girl that you made out with you this girl that you've been stalking and he's like have you even gotten like a he says hum job because apparently they couldn't say blowjob or it would have been rated r just for saying the word blowjob okay um and then he's like this girl you've been stalking you haven't even got anything and then she walks out and then we get that like yeah i'm stalking i'm starving but i love his line even before that goobler's line of like just let me know if any jobs come up (laughs) yeah that man the cast in this is like elevates this movie too right because i think if you had this movie is so good that i think if you had a bunch of nobodies it would still work out right um, but because you have the cast that you have, and I think I, this is the first time I remember seeing Zoe Deschanel in a movie and, and anything really, I think, um, maybe something else, but really this is like my first impact and, and maybe like Joseph Gordon-Levitt too, as like an adult. Cause I know he was a, he was a child actor, but like as an adult, this is like, and this came out before, uh, Dark Knight Rises. So you you have like these two really good actors who are kind of up and coming at that point, but people still like know them. And then you have like all the side characters like Chloe and Matthew and, and um, I don't know his name, but agent Colson who plays his boss. Um, Clark Craig. And, and Clark having Greg Clark Greg. And did you also notice, like, I don't know if you ever watched Community, but you have Shirley, like, in there as the replacement secretary in, like, after, yeah, she quit. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. You know what I love that you brought that up? Because uh-huh. I think 
if you don't have Matthew Gray Goobler in this, you know who would be perfect to play that character? Uh, Eric Christian Olsen, who is Britta's shirtless boyfriend from Community. <laughs> yes, yes. I think At least I think it's British. I'm pretty sure it's... Anyway, he'd be perfect for that part too. But Matthew Gray Goobler does well enough in it. And I agree. Yeah, all the side characters, especially like Mackenzie, like all do really make this like great. And like, but obviously like Joe Square-Levitt, Zoe Deschanel. We're now at the Ikea scene, which as we said, they show like the bad Ikea scene at the end when she's like clearly not feeling it. And you're also wondering why are they even at Ikea? It it almost was like he was trying to like reignite the 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 romance in it by like, oh, I'll do that thing that we did that was really cute in the beginning. And Joey Day Chanel's just like, nah, no, nah, I don't want to fucking do this. There's a there's a TikTok video that I'll I'll send you and not TikTok, but it's like Instagram reels that I'll send you later. And it's like uh, uh girls who are about to be broken up with and like how they act and um it's like they for 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 the videos like she starts talking like baby talk and she starts like just like all these like extra things because you know like she feels it like so she overcompensates he reminds me of that like he feels it like losing her so he starts like overcompensating all uh, like by bringing up all the good times and all the memories and and stuff when they were good like actually good um and then almost being like making it worse for himself by just being more annoying and more clingy. I think that's his biggest issue through the whole movie is that the more he demands to be labeled like this relationship to be labeled and the more he becomes uh, like clingy with her, um, the more she pushes him away and the more she pushes him away, the more clingy he wants to become. Right. And so the, like we talked about the fight scene where that was like the beginning of the end because that was like the pinnacle of him claiming his territory almost and her being like you i'm i'm not something to be fought over so that was like it you know yeah and i do want to talk i mean there's two things he could have done one or two things he did that really drove her away one is he was like more focused just on the relationship than he was on himself and like what he really wanted to do with his life, you know, cause he was stuck in this, he needed to be an architect and two, it was like pushing the relationship further than she wanted it. And like the kind of the, one of the prime examples is at the, like there's a scene at the end, which happens right before the diner pancake scene where they come out of, they show them coming out of the record store where she's just kind of blown off his jokes or whatever. And, um, she's like i'm just tired i just really you know need to go home and it's like okay she needs some alone time and then he's like you know what pancakes that'll fix it and then she breaks up with him an hour later because he pushed her man he pushed her oh david um i hate to tell you this but there's a chinese family in our bathroom that's such a good line but also like how did how did he know they were chinese right because clearly like they wrote the line of like, and then they were like, we have to hire a Chinese family. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just like really good with that. I don't know. I know my wife would be because she's like spot on with all of her, all the shows she watches, but he was just, just for love. It was a little too spot on. Well, um, you're, and, your wife's Asian. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> 
but no one would call her that. Middle Eastern. So um, they go back to the boudoir and she's like, I'm not wanting anything serious. And he's like, yeah, no pressure. Um, but then they just clearly enter like a normal relationship. That's the thing is like calling it, oh, there's nothing. It's not, this is this is one of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like kind of issues, right? Because she's like, I don't want anything serious. And he's like, okay, yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want, baby, that, that, that's fine. You know, I'll make it work. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you should more have been like, all right, well, what does that mean? You know, are we even exclusive? Because that's not really ever talked about in the movie. She's just like, you're my friend, but she just keeps sleeping with him. Right. But it's like, she says, you're my friend, but then they're just acting. They're in a relationship from then on, from like well, day 30 to today's yeah. 260 or whatever. Um. So, so from the point, I think we're like day 34 and they're laying in the bedroom of the Ikea, right? And then it's it's kind of a cut to them laying in her her room. Maybe it's his bed. His bed. It's his um, for now. Yeah, it's his bed. And she... I mean, they're, they're making out hot and heavy, so this is only going in one direction. He even goes into the bathroom to, like, cool himself down for a minute. And this is after he was like, oh, she just wants... This this is casual. She just wants casual. That's why she's like laying in your bed right now, dude. And I'm like, but like casual sex is just that. Like you're literally pretending like earlier that day, you're literally pretending that you're married picking out furniture or living in a extravagant house. And she's making fake dinners while you sit at a fake dining room table. Right. And you're calling things like our bathroom and our bed and our kitchen. Right. And then you're just like, in the middle of that, you're just like, hey, look, I'm not looking for anything really serious, right? First of all, what the fuck? Second of all, now you're like in his bed, which there's no problem with that. And I and but he him talking himself down from it is weird to me because people have casual sex all the time just because someone's like, oh, I want this to be like not serious and super cash. He's like, like, does that mean no sex in his mind? I was confused on him like being weird about it i i I mean he's just he's just really like infatuated with her at this point you know what i mean so although that is a baller move on her part that when he comes out of the bathroom she's just naked kudos yeah i mean more women should just do that should just be like it's a it's a kill it's a kill shot move like what is he gonna do what is he gonna do and then afterwards we get the dance scene um after the sex and it's, it's really funny and it just keeps going on. It's a really well choreographed scene. Um, and I, you know, just, what can you say? It's just great. Uh, how about like Han Solo, like winking back at him in the reflection of that too. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Like the whole thing, when you first see it, you're just like kind of delighted and you're laughing and you're like, Oh, this is still going. And then you're just like, this is really well done. Like it's so unexpected. You know what I mean? This is probably like, Mm -hmm. One of the first things in the movie where you're like, oh, this is just like out of left field. It's like great. It's also I th- I would venture to say that this is the most famous scene to come out of this movie ever. Yeah, probably for sure. I think everyone knows this. This uh, I think it's been parodied, too. I think it's like the most iconic scene to come out of this film. Um, so we're moving along. There is this little cutaway to day three of three when. Um, she doesn't work there anymore. He sent her an email. And she's like, oh, I hope we can still be friends. Um, it 
that's almost just to in there to remind you like, hey, this doesn't work out. <laughs> just let you know. <laughs> also, just for anyone who's listening, um, do not say that to someone. Uh, just if you break up with someone, just leave them alone. Leave, leave them alone. Well, that's like a that's a thing now with like men and women, right? Like ghosting instead of just like because like people don't want to have like hard conversations anymore. I mean, not that I'm any better, not that I like wanted to back then. But it's just like a thing that sucks and you need to do. Like you just need to rip it like a band-aid. Be like, hey, I don't like you anymore. And we probably just shouldn't see any, each other for a, a good while. Yeah, um, but like but like emailing them like passive aggressive things, like not not aggressive, but like passive romantic things, like, oh, hopefully you can be friends now or blah 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 blah. Just just don't do it. Just well, he rip emailed the band-aid her, off. He I don't care. Her. Then just then I mean, but they've broken up at that point. Right. I, I'm sorry. I'm really passionate about stringing people along. Don't do it. And if you do, you're a bad person. Yeah. But I, I mean, in this, in this case, like he's brought it upon himself. A little bit. Yeah. But she well, feeds but, the bait. She feeds the bait. Anyways. Well, <laughs> he asks her for coffee. She says, I can't do it this week. I can do it this next week. I hope this means you're ready to be friends. He, definitive he's clearly not i like i don't know whatever then she's an idiot and can't see it sorry well the, when we get to the wedding i'll more agree with you this email though she she lays it down pretty pretty well so we get back to like you know we're day 87 and um the relationship's working and then day 95 they go to the park and he it talks about being an architect and i mean listen i'm not an architect but the way he talks about being an architect sounds stupid He's like, it also oh, sounds yeah, like you gotta let. <laughs> it gotta sounds let like <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. It sounds like someone who never like doesn't know anything about being an architect is pretending to know everything about being an architect. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you gotta let. I would let light through. <laughs> you really also, also at the light. Maybe she is an idiot because who mistakes a parking lot for anything other than a parking lot? I don't know. He didn't even say parking garage. Like no, nope, it wasn't a parking was a, garage. It was a, a lot, a lot. Oh my god. Yeah, and so then, um, then the next scene is he gets to see her apartment, and um, he's like, you know, no one has ever gotten to do this before, and and this is where you could say that she's like really just like they've entered into like a serious relationship territory, and I don't know, maybe it's just his perspective. Because he's like, oh, I know that no one's ever like gotten this far with her. And she even says after she tells him her dreams, um, she's like, you know, I've never told anyone that before. And so in his head, he's as- ascribing like a lot of meaning to that. And I guess yeah. it does. But eventually, I guess she just decides it doesn't. And, you know, in the end, it, for for her talk when she's like breaking up with him, she's like, oh, no, I just always said you want to be friends. And that girl, Allison, she's like, Hey, she was upfront that she just wanted to be friends, which is kind of bullshit because yeah, that's what she said. And then her actions for eight months deviated greatly from what she said. And I guess they but, just never had a conversation about it of him being like, it seems like stuff has changed. Like what's, what's happening here? I mean, they did, but it, it, it was after the fight and it was already kind of like too late. Um, well, in, in on day two ninety, when she's like, Oh, you know, I, you know, we were just friends. He's like, no, fuck that. And that's why he gets so mad and walks away. Cause he's like, 
that you're really going to say that after all this time, after eight months that like well, this was a friendship because that's not what this was it's it's hard right because he's so in love with her and for the most part he's the main character of the story so we see everything coming from his perspective for the most part but it's it's tough right because he is so in love with her and she's trying right like that's revealed too at the end of the movie she's really trying to be as in love with him as sure. she is with her and she can't get there, right? Like she said, when love hits you, it, you you know it. Or he said that, or one of them said that. But it's almost like the whole relationship, like the, the seven to eight months of the actual relationship. She's putting up this wall almost to protect him because she knows that she doesn't feel it. and And even though she's trying real hard, she doesn't want to get his hopes too high into thinking like, Oh, maybe one day things will change. Now what she should have done to be fair is end it a lot sooner, probably, but you can't say she didn't really give it her all in trying because then when she did meet the right guy, it things fell together for her. You know, how you can tell like how well written this movie is, is that like 30 seconds ago, you're like, fuck that bitch. She did this. And I was like, no, she was perfectly reasonable in that email. And then I'm like, oh, she showed him her apartment. You're like, oh, she was trying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be true. That would be true. Um, So next we, uh, right after this, we get another not aged great scene where he's like, yeah, we don't need labels. And he's like, Mackenzie's like, oh, sounds pretty gay to me. (laughs) reminds me of that other reel that you sent me where he's like oh did you hear 90s trends are coming back Uh, (laughs) and when i said that's that's so gay everyone got mad i guess it's not all 90s trends it would be interesting to know when when was the like the delineating line where as a society people were like okay yeah we finally admit that's not a cool thing to say because there was a while where people fought it we're like no it's not offensive it's like it clearly is um yeah so we then go way into the future 259 this is the fight and this is like a big thing i wanted to talk about um because she gets mad at him for getting into the fight with this guy and it's like i actually completely kind of see her point and i think he like sort of obviously he handled it wrong right because he didn't he didn't punch that guy because she needed to be defended. This guy was just being like too aggressive and asking, you know, her out. And he really was punching the guy because the guy was like, "Oh, this couldn't be your boyfriend. This is your boyfriend." And he's like, "Well, I'm I'm not even her boyfriend. She won't even call me her boyfriend." You know, it's like that's why he wasn't even mad at this guy. He was kind of mad at the situation she put him in and he was like defending himself really and really what he should have done when the guy's like is this your boyfriend be like i'm not a boyfriend i'm just a friend just uh just bang, you know, just, <laughs> we fuck sometimes but yeah no like not not boyfriend just you know what clear. though that that's actually genius right because if he said that she would have given him a look right like she would have looked at him like what are you doing why are you like throwing me to this wolf almost like um, I, I wonder if the movie would have played out. I wonder 
think about it this way, right? Because we already kind of established that the more uh, harder he holds on to her, the more she's wanting to let go. If he, at that point where the cracks were forming in the relationship, was like, nah, man, she's made it very clear I'm not her boyfriend. Like, I'm just her friend, so you can just ignore me. I'll just be drinking my drink or whatever. Um, I wonder if that would be like a wake-up call for her being like, oh, shit, maybe I, maybe I should put a label on it or something. Well, I don't know. I think she would have come to the same conclusion. Um, and so then they go back to the apartment where she's kind of yelling at him and he's like, you know, we've been fucking for months. You can't like, you can't just say we're friends. You don't do that with your friends. And he leaves. And I think this is where, and I'm not ascribing any kind of like negative characteristics to her because of this, but she comes over to his apartment at night. And this is like, Clearly the thing you do when you're like, no, I really like this person. And I want, you know, I want to keep this relationship, this relationship, not being a friendship. I've never showed up at a friend's house at 3 a.m. For any reason. Well, <laughs> hang out, maybe we were both awake, but like not to save the relationship. I'll tell you that. And so for her to come over to his house at this point, and, and I agree that she's like, going back and forth in her own head, but it's like, you're clearly have made a decision at this point of like, this is more than just a friendship. But what weird is that's two fifty nine, And she breaks up with him 31 days later on two ninety. What's, what's even weirder is that there's this, like a scene earlier that night after the fight, before she comes over where they're just staring at each other's phones and kind of like thinking about calling, the other person and they don't she she goes one step farther and she shows up at his place but the fact that he doesn't one it kind of seems out of character right like it seems like his character would kind of uh kind of call her right or or it would i really seem more of his character that he's the one that shows up at her place at three in the morning right but this could have been the perfect time to let it go this he was fed up he didn't call her she's not feeling it this would have been the perfect time to break up and and yet she does this like grand romantic gesture of showing up so now the ball's in her court now anything from now on is kind of her fault and then the next day they have this conversation about her ex-boyfriends and i love the fucking puma line especially when they call him the puma he's like why and then they zoom in on the picture on his huge dick under the pants (laughs) that huge i i don't know it was pretty massive and then i love later on when uh she's like he he's like oh did you go to a lot of movies with the puma she's like oh we rarely left the room but what's funny is that's day two that's like day 266 day like in the 260s right like it's like so right after that blow up he thinks things are really good yeah so when she's later on at 290, like, oh, we've been fighting so much. It's like that that is literally only from her side. She fell out of love with him. But it's like they weren't really fighting. They had he fought that dude. And then from then on, he had to think things were great because, you know, they're talking more. She came over, made that gesture, whatever. And then 266, they play the penis game at the park. <laughs> Which I'm surprised it took this long in their relationship for her to break that out. Um. Yeah, but also talking about your exes, I'm surprised it took her that long in their relationship to break that out, too. 
Well, she didn't want to. He wanted to, which is another sign of insecurity from him. And she's just like, why does it matter? Then afterwards, he's like, why did they end? And she's like, life. You know, they just ended because of life. Yeah. Um, Oh, because he was actually asking because, like, she didn't want to put the label on. So he's like, did you have any people that you did use that label for? And she's like, yeah, I had, like, three. Yeah. Those are, you know, she goes over the three guys. Oh, oh no. One of them was a lady. One of them was a lady. Yeah. A, co- a college phase. Um, that's another thing that doesn't age well, you know, just having a phase. You know what I mean? So next we get, like, 197 where things are going well. They go to an art gallery. And then they go to a movie. It's called The Giant, which is funny. It's like a vampire giant. But then we get juxtaposed with 314 after they've broken up. And... He goes to the movie by himself and he just sees like the movies with himself in it. And it's like these, Um, I was like, I know this is supposed to represent like, this is an homage to a, you know, to a director and it's Ingmar Bergman, but I had no yeah. idea I had to look that up. I don't it it is Ingmar Bergman. And it's like this tragic French with like, and it's, um, I forget the name of the movie, but it's with death and he's like playing chess with death. Um, Yeah. And I, I found this, this is like the second, uh, part of the movie where it just like tonally deviates from like the rest of the film, but also really works well into establishing his headspace in the moment where he like views his life as like a tragic French film with like the mime slapping him and like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then his boss calls him in. Um, and this is the most understanding boss like in the world, right? True. Like you've yeah. been doing your job very shittily. Um, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we all know about summer, you know, I'm not mad about it or whatever, you know, I don't know what the etiquette is for inner office relationships at this card writing company. But then he's like, you know, let's just, let's just use that sadness, funerals, <laughs> stuff like that. He says a line. It's such a great line. I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to try my best here. He goes, he goes, sadness, despair, lost of hope those things are perfect for you he even <laughs> says no no reason to live no reason to live those are uh those things are perfect for you yeah and this is then juxtaposed with like 167 day 167 where he's like everyone comes to him to write cards and he's like a genius that can just like spit out lines because he's so in love right now um yeah so that was cool right and 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 uh when McKenzie was like, I don't know another way to say congratulations. And he's like, every day I'm proud of you. But today you get a card. I was like, why isn't that a card? That's a genius card. It's really fucking good. Um, and then right after this, we get the lists of why he hates summer, you know, with when we had the list before why I loved her. And then the movie gets really linear for a while. So 345 is the blind date. I love the line. She literally took a giant shit on me. And the girl's like, literally? No, not literally. That's fucking disgusting. What's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think her name's Allison. She, uh, she dodged a bullet on that one. Honestly, she stayed at that date way too long. Way too long. Like, Like, why go to karaoke after the diner? Yeah, man, I don't know. And also, it's like, when you tell her, like, yeah, she said she didn't want a boyfriend, it's like, you have to fully explain all the rest of it to to understand, like, 
why he felt the way he did. And he's, you know, he's not in a position to be able to do that. Um, no. The next part is really like cool. And it's kind of like the beginning of the end of the movie. So 402, he's going to a wedding. His best friend Mackenzie just backs out last minute, like a ninja, as he says. And um, he's going to be at the wedding too. And she just comes up to him and acts like nothing is wrong. But she keeps doing this thing. Like at the, every time she sees him towards the end of the movie is like, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. And she's like, it's not what you want to hear from the person that's broken you. That they're like so worried that they've broken you. Cause it's like, well, you think you're so special that I can't get over you. You're right. But like, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also wondered at this point is like, is seeing her again, like good for him or bad for him? Like, I think it probably is bad. The end, it's bad. It, it sends him a little bit into a spiral, but I think it, he sees her, finds out she's engaged and I think he is now able to go through the healing. I think the hardest part in this in these scenarios is when you still have hope. And when all the hope is killed, that is when it's best. Can we talk about that the staircase up to her apartment is literally a spiral staircase? And then when he's spiraling, he's going down the stairs. And that every time he goes down the stairs, it's like, something bad is in the relationship. Like he goes down the stairs when he leaves after the fight about the, the fight. And then he goes down the stairs about the, like when he finds out he, she's engaged. And I just love that visual representation of like the spiraling down of the, like the actual spiral staircase. We can talk about it. You just did. Well, and yes, I just did. And yes, and yes, it was great. It was good stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's also reading the architecture of happiness, which is so sad. It's like, yeah, I don't want you to see me reading this. Um, it is and then at the he wedding. gifts it to her? And then he gifts it to her? Come on. Well, that's a power move. That's a power move after. You're, you're taking back your power of just like, hey, I'm not ashamed that I was reading this. Mm. I, I like the, the scenes at the wedding are, are cute. It's also like, like, oh, why can this couple not work? It's like, oh, because she won't love him. But, you know, they seem cute enough. And he's like, like you snore she's like you snore too he's like oh i know i snore but you snore (laughs) we're not getting around the fact that you snore it's not like she won't love him david she can't love him she could if she tried harder (laughs) oh my god Uh, uh, uh and then they dance and she invites him to a party she falls asleep on his shoulder that's all bullshit and she should have told him she was serious with the dude yeah, but falling asleep, I mean, you fall asleep on something you, uh, somewhere, you can't help where your head lands. It's man. the totality of things she did. She should have told him about the dude. She should have. Propo- did he propose? He must have either proposed. So that wedding, let's say, was on like a Saturday. I think it was. Why didn't the dude go with her to the wedding? That's my question. Probably the woman she used to work with was cheap and didn't offer a plus one. That's like an obvious thing. People do that. I actually had a guy one time, um, the guy I went to high school with, uh, sent me an invitation and I put like, I put for me and Ashley on there and he called me. He's like, yeah, she's like not invited. I don't have room. And then I sat at a table where someone didn't show up and there was literally a seat there, an empty seat. Oh, whenever I describe him to Ashley, I was like, yeah, remember the guy that uninvited you to the wedding? He's like, she's like, oh yeah, that dick, that dick. She's like, well, she didn't actually care to go. The food was good, though. I ate a ton. They had, like, uh, bacon-covered scallops, which you can eat only part of that. Um, 
the thing is she needed to tell so there's the wedding right it's on a saturday the party is on a friday she has the engagement ring at the party that's my question did, that's my other did question he pro- did he propose at the party or did at he the propose party. on like or on a wednesday but but my other question dude is the fact that um did he not did Joseph Gordon-Levitt not see the ring on her finger when he first walks in walked in and why did he only see it after like nine margaritas and then he's like he looks and she's like showing it off like she's just showing it off to someone just now so it's like so it did she take it off no 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 Look, to- did she take it off to like cook some food or like serve the drinks and she didn't want to lose it. And then she like put it on later in the party or like, and then if, if he proposed to her during the party, this is, this is the real question. Yes. If if he proposed to her during did, the party, how did he miss it? How did he miss it? And where was the applause or like, well, where was that moment? I mean, just Gordon love was in his own world. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it probably happened at the party, but yeah, maybe he just did it privately, but he did it at the party. It doesn't make sense, but hey, she's in love, so you know, what are you uh and, you and do? we we are glossing over this, but this is now the third time in the movie that it like tonally shifts to his like expectation versus a uh, reality and the way that shows side by side, even up to like a certain point where like the reality screen encroaches on the expectation uh part of it. Um, it's all great. It's just so lovely, and it's like this is probably like the second most well-known scene to come out of this movie. Let's assume that he proposed. Oh my god, you're still on this? No, I'm not on this. I'm doing some math. If he proposed at the party, that's day four oh eight. They broke up day two ninety. That is one hundred and eighteen days. That is less than four months after breaking up with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. She is engaged. That hurts. I don't care who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, may- maybe. I, Why I think... invite? Don't invite him to the party. That's like kind of the most inconsiderate thing she does is she should have just. The wedding was nice. We should get coffee sometime. But do not invite him to that party. She was like, later on, she's like, I didn't know if he was going to propose or whatever. But it's like, you had to know something. So what was the party for? It was her birthday? I thought it was like she'd moved into a new place or something. Maybe she moved in with him. Maybe it was their place. This is just getting worse, man. And uh, this bitch. There's there's no way you're cutting this. That this is this is making it sound great in her light. You know. I don't know. It's just very quick to get engaged. It's not her fault. She fell in love, but I mean, you understand why he's hurt, dude. Um, If a if a guy who looked like that asked me why I was reading Dorian Gray, who knows. Oh, my pants would be off so quick. I actually couldn't tell which one watching it this time. I was like, there's two guys. I was like, they're both pretty good looking. Yeah, I couldn't tell which one. (laughs) I assumed it was the guy on the left. Um, I thought it was the guy on the right. I thought it was the guy on the right that had his back turned away from the camera. Uh, I think the movie would want us to see what the guy looked like, though. Maybe not. Because it kind of did a shitty job of showing us either of the guys, honestly. Yeah, so we get to day 440, and this is where he's actually kind of going through, you know, he, it's sort of 
the five phases of uh of grief. grief. Yeah. And he's now in just the phase where he drinks Jack Daniels and eats Twinkies. Um and then he goes back to work and just completely shits on this lady's cat. He's like, that cat jumps for it, it's gonna die. It's like going off the edge of a building. I love it. He's like, you know, fuck first of all, I don't agree with this speech. Like, I hate greeting cards more than most people. I think they're a waste of money. They're like five dollars now. Yeah. And like if someone my dad gets me greeting cards all the time, I was like, quit wasting the money. Just add five dollars to the check and just hand it to me. But I, I don't get I honestly like and I was talking about this to Taylor and yes, I'm going on a rant. I, I see your face, but this is this is something I want to get off my chest. OK, and the people must know how I feel about this. Um, There is nothing worse than going to a party, a baby shower, a wedding, a birthday. I don't care what. And watching the guest of honor open every single gift sorry it's just like did like you went to my wedding did we sit there and like everyone around you open gifts no no they didn't like like watch me open watch me and taylor open gifts no i just think it's the cringiest thing because it's almost like you're i don't know i hate it i hate i hate it at birthdays i hate it at any party so it's like unless if it's like a small gathering where it's like our when did close this come friend. up in the movie when um um good question oh uh you were talking about cards right like what was the point oh. of cards right and so i was just thinking like if it's a small get together it's like oh cards for like three or four people together yeah that's fine whatever but like you have to open the gifts and then you have to open the cards in front of like 70 people and you got to read the card in front of 70 people what do you do you just turn to the person and you're like thank you like i don't know what to say like your gift is so much better than the gift i opened before i don't know i hate it and i think like if you want to give me a gift great but i'm going to open it up privately and i'm going to be excited about it privately and i'm going to like tell you like thank you later but like not in front of everyone and that's my you've come to uh some of our children's birthday parties and um yeah, it's like a thing now that parents do, and I'm glad because it just wastes time. But we don't open you don't open the kids' gifts in front of everybody because mm-hmm. one, it's like the other kids get jealous, and two, it's yep. like they'd rather be playing. And I mean, at this last one, we had a water slide, and like that would have wasted so much water slide time. <laughs> no, but it's true though. It's like a kids' birthday parties are the worst because all the kids want to play with the new toy, and they're all getting they're they're all high on sugar, so they're going to fucking break something. And it's like, you just don't want to deal with it. And it's like, I guess the only time I'm okay with everyone, like in a room opening a bunch of presents, if it's like just family, I can understand that more. Or if it's like Christmas, which usually just involves family anyways, but like a bunch of people who like, you know them, but they don't know each other and you're opening their expensive gifts. Like, I hate it. I hate it. I don't know if you saw when we were at our friend's um, baby shower, I stood like all the way in the back of the room. I was like, I hate this part. I was dealing with Lincoln being a fucking nightmare. I couldn't even be anywhere near the party. You told actually I didn't want to take him. You got lucky. (laughs) Anyway, um, back to this. Yeah. So he gives this whole speech about greeting cards being bullshit. And I was like, I don't know, man, some people love them. I just think they're too expensive. I like the whole like, the whole moment with him like 
saying that this whole job is bullshit and him wanting to get out of it. It's like, it's just not what you want to do. But like, I don't really care about the rest of what shifts. I love his friend Mackenzie clapping though, as he's leaving. He's like, Oh, we're not clapping. Okay. That's <laughs> okay, the work here. Yeah. Um, and then he starts doing, he starts doing better. Um, and I love the speech from Chloe Grace Moretz. And this is like a, a common thing you need to do to get over someone is like, you're only looking back at the good stuff. You need to start looking back at the shit that sucked. And, um, and he does. And like, you know, her crying at the graduate, but then also like he made her a mixtape and she never even listened to the first fucking song. Um, right. And this is, and this is then when we get the part where she's like, I'm tired. I want to go home. And he's like, no, I'm going to give you pancakes. Cause that's exactly what you don't want. <laughs> right. Um, so now we're at the part where they find themselves back on the bench. This is a dick move from her. This is his area. And you just stole his area of town that he likes to go to. <laughs> it's funny up. how you look at it that way. It's funny how you look at it that way. Because first of all, okay, maybe this is now her new favorite place. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the what she said. Of- she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it in the breakup. She's not an architect like him. She can have it on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when no one wants to fucking be there, but he gets weekends and Mondays and Fridays. She doesn't even know what a fucking parking lot looks like. Alternating Thursdays. Uh, Well, anyways, the odds of them being in the same place at the same time is rare, but here they are. And this is where we kind of like, we saw this at the very, very beginning of the movie where she has her hand on his and she's wearing the wedding ring. But we now know that she is married to someone else. So the some good looking motherfucker. Yeah. Also, we saw a montage of four fifty six to four seventy six, and she got married in that time. So she got married a hundred and seventy six days at the maximum, one hundred and eighty six days after breaking up with this guy. Um, some I, quick I, ma- that's like six months after breaking <laughs> JGL's heart. Go fuck yourself. Um, I hate this movie. I do not recommend this movie to. You. <laughs> no, 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 not this movie. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a rant. I was, was going to say, no, no, no. I shut up. Listen to me. I was going to say, I hate this movie, and I absolutely don't recommend this movie to anyone. But have you ever seen the movie Good Luck Chuck? Um, I've seen a lot of Dane Cook movies. I don't think is he the one that fucks people and then they get married? Yeah, it's that. And and I, I was gonna that one. and I was gonna say that um Joseph Gordon Levitt is Zoe Deschanel's good luck Chuck. That's true. That's true. Like the one that made her realize that she needed to find a real man. Um <laughs> maybe even the Batman. This is a really good scene though, because one, it seems like she's kind of been looking to find him right you know how you said it was kind of unlikely she's like oh i knew eventually i'd see you here because i think she i don't know she wants to make sure he's okay because i think she does still have like kind of feelings for him Mm -hmm. as like not wanting she's not a bad person um but he's like you should have told me at the wedding she's like i know and then he was like why did you dance with me and she's like because i wanted to and he's like so you just do whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) Also, I like I like how 
he's like, I hear congratulations are in order. You got married. And she's like, only if you mean it. And then he just, he does it. I mean, it's like a little like nod and a wink and she laughs yeah. at it, but he still never says it again. You know, No, he says it at the end when she walks. Oh, he away, does. He says, Congrats. Yeah. I um, hope you're happy. And it, yeah. And it is funny how they like flip where he's like, well, I can't believe I believed in all that bullshit. And she's like, she laughs because she's like, dude, I'm not the one for you. We're not good for each other. I found my one. And she's like, I actually believe in it. And she's like, because I met this dude reading a book and like, you know, which it doesn't necessarily mean you met the one, right? You just met a guy that you were willing to marry. There could have been like 20 guys that you were willing to marry, but whatever. But she's like, I met this guy who now six months later is my husband. Um, and she's... <laughs> He's just, I wrote in my notes, I'm happy to see you're doing well. And I wrote, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, now, it's so funny because I had no idea when I first watched this movie um, 10 years ago who Minka Kelly was. And now I, I know her very well because I, I saw all, I saw I all of was. Friday Night Lights. <laughs> um, and I was just like, oh, my God, it's fucking Minka Kelly. And I was just thinking, like, what an upgrade. Honestly, like, hell yeah. Okay, there's no need to say it like that. But it is funny, because, <laughs> like, Zoe Deschanel in this movie is, like, cute, and then at certain points, sexy. Yeah. And then, and then you say Mika Kelly. I don't know. I mean, she's just very hot. She's just a very all, attractive person. I went on her sexy. Instagram after the end of this movie, and I was like, she still looks great. Yeah. Why wouldn't she, David? What, there's still no, looks amazing. No reason she, why she wouldn't. She was on a boat in South Africa with Trevor Noah. I don't know if they're still together or not, but like she seems to be doing well for herself. And I salute you, Mika Kelly. Um, it is funny too. Like <laughs> this is like the meat cute, right? Like at this point, she's like, "Oh yeah, I love that spot. Expect for the park, except for the parking lots." Oh yeah, me too. I don't like the parking yeah. lots. And you know why this relationship will work? Because this bitch knows what a parking lot is. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I love the narrator where he's like walking away into the interview and then he's like, oh, Tom doesn't believe in destiny and, and you know, the one anymore. And then he like hesitates and he was like, oh, I, I forgot something. And he's like, and then the narrator's like, mm, or does he? And then he's like, hey, you know, I want to grab a coffee. And here's like the whole destiny thing, right? Is she's like, oh, I have something to do. I have somewhere to be. And then she is like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. Whether she's supposed to meet up with another guy, whether she's supposed to meet up with one of her girlfriends, she decides to say, fuck that. I'm going to have coffee with this guy. And we assume, you know, because of the end uh, side card where it's like day one of autumn, right? Um, we assume that they get in a relationship. Uh, but that reveal where he's like, my name's Tom, and she's like, Autumn, and he looks directly at the camera. It's great. Yeah, like like he kind of smiles like, oh, that's funny. So you know there's going to be a winter. Um, <laughs> so I actually kind of read that scene a little bit differently as she's like, oh, I have something to do. It almost felt like a hot girl lie that she just has an instinctual response when someone asks her something, she's like, I'm busy that day, or I'm going to do this a with a friend. hot girl lie. <laughs> okay. They have to have them ready because they get asked out a lot. And so right. she was like, 
she just naturally her instincts she said it and then she was like oh wait no this guy's kind of cute and we both are architects and whatever and so yeah um so that's how i read it either way it doesn't matter but i don't know that she had anything going on so i finished this movie and i turned to my wife and i said you know what i don't think this is one of my favorite movies anymore because it's just it's the message to me is like different and this is like this is when they're still like sitting on the park bench talking and i was like i was like seriously i I still like this movie. This movie is really good and really entertaining, but it's not anymore in my top five because I've I like I, I held it up in a special place in my head because I was in a certain place when I watched it at first. But now watching it again where I am in my life, I was like, it doesn't have the emotional impact to me that um, it it did before. And then the ending happened. And I was like, fuck it. No, this movie slaps. This is still like up there for me. Because <laughs> of Minka Kelly? No, not just because of Minka Kelly, but like the overall message. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I still really like this movie and I, I still think it, it holds up. Um, but I think it, it does hold up better if you're like in a, in a bad place emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> is, everything will be all right. Yeah, it's know. like a gauge. It's like a gauge. It's like it's like, hmm, am I in a good or a bad place right now? Watch Five Hundred Days of Summer and then think about how you feel, and then you'll know the answer to that question. Well, I think as I was saying earlier, this movie kind of takes you through the emotions of that J- that um, I said Jake Gyllenhaal, Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes the JG, Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes through, and like you're kind of like, oh, I feel bad for him. But this movie kind of takes you through this like roller coaster of like oh, I feel bad because I've experienced this or like, you know, the, the JJL character. And, um, but the ending is kind of uplifting and you realize everything's going to be okay. And then you also realize like, I'm 35 and married with two kids. So it's like, well, this shouldn't, I shouldn't care about any of this, but I still feel, I still feel bad for him. Um, I, I still really like this movie. Um, it was, it's just so well done. The writing is so perfect. The fact that it like has an emotional effect on you just kind of shows you like this is something that like a lot of people have gone through. You know what I mean? And so it, reso- you have... it resonates with everyone. Yeah. Well, at least with a lot of a lot of people. So I um I don't know. I just enjoy it every time. Um, it does, as I said, it hits you differently depending on where you are in your life. But I um. I'm glad we chose this as one. You know, it's funny is like I chose my two, and then you were like 500 days. So I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to do that one anyway." So I'm glad we did it. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan, and this is David, and we finally rewatched 500 Days of Summer. <laughs>